0: The following audio is from The Springs Church. More information about The Springs Church is available at thesprings.cc. Welcome. And we are so grateful that all of you are here with us this morning. Um, Wes, thank you. Where is he? For um, a little bit of an introduction, your gracious prayer. I appreciate that. Um, Up front. I don't do a lot of preaching, (laughs) and I'm coming off, I've had a week to recover from three long weeks of really great ministry with our teenagers, and I'm preparing to leave on Thursday to go watch my son get married, and so, uh, and this is not really what I had planned, but I love the way the Holy Spirit works among our people. Um, and so I feel like I don't really even need to preach, but y'all just need to know it's Baptism Sunday at the Springs, and we're talking about it all day long, and that's not because we had really planned it that way. God just made it work that way, and we'll just say thank you to him right now. Yeah. Yeah. So um, for those of you who are, if you're visiting with us, this is, um, we were so glad you're here, and um, I would like for y- just to bring your attention to the Sunday sheet that you would have um, received when you came in the door, all of you have one, um, inside the front cover, is a QR code that you can scan. We would really like to know who you are and just get to know you a little bit better. We promise if you give us like your phone number or your email, we're not gonna spam you with texts or phone calls, promise. We really just would like to know who you are and where you're from and how we can serve you better. Also, on the inside of this Sunday sheet under the prayer needs, the very first thing you will see is that we have a new life in Jesus to celebrate today. Um, So Friday night, Will Shoemaker was baptized into Jesus at Lariat Creek Christian Camp. Sorry, Abraham. Thank you. For those of you who don't know me, I often confuse the names of our teenagers and including my own. Sometimes it takes me four times to get the right kid, and I only have three in my household. So thank you for the correction. It was Abraham Shoemaker, and we're going to watch that right now. some years So as Alyssa mentioned before, we've been talking about this in leadership. Baptism is an important practice for our community. And I'm really excited um, to share with you about that today. If you would open your Bibles to Romans chapter six, we'll be in verses one through 14 today. And as you do that, um, would you pray with me? Holy Father, we give you honor and praise for the ways you are working in our community. And the beautiful demonstration of that in Abe's baptism and all of the stories in this room of lives transformed by you and your spirit. And I ask now that you would give me the gift of preaching. May I only be a conduit of your message at this time, in this place, and for these people. As we explore your word today, open our hearts so that we may listen and respond and be shaped more and more in the image of your son, Jesus Christ. Through him we pray, amen. And so our reading today, Romans chapter six, verses one through 14. What are we to say then? Should we continue in sin in order that grace may increase? By no means. How can we who died in sin go on living in it? Do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him by baptism into death so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in death like this, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed so we may no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is freed from sin. But if we died with Christ, we believe we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again death no longer has dominion over him the death he died he died to sin once for all but the life he lives he lives to god so you must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive in christ jesus therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies so that you obey their desires No longer present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And present your members to God as instruments of righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law but under grace. So a little bit of context here because we start kind of in the middle of something that Paul is in with the Romans. Um, Unlike Paul's other letters to um, other churches in the first century, uh, he was not instrumental in beginning the church in Rome and didn't really have a personal connection to them. And so he's assuming here that all of them had been baptized upon their confession of faith in Jesus. This was a ritual practiced by all Christian communities as a way of identifying oneself with Jesus, his way of life and his people just like we do today. And just before he's giving this um, instruction about baptism, Paul had explained that the law whether it was the religious law of the Jewish people or the laws of the land that were known to those outside of the Jewish community, that those laws bring an awareness of our sin, which in this context could be considered, we'd call it moral failures. Jesus paid the price for every failure of every person, whoever. Has or ever will live when he was crucified on the cross. And some were asking, shouldn't we keep sinning so we can keep experiencing this grace? And that is what Paul is addressing here. And he says, no way. And here's why. And so we read again in verse 3 and 4. He says, do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ and were, ba- were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death so that just as Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, the whole by the glory of the Father, we also might walk in newness of life. For Paul, this bodily resurrection of Jesus is the fulcrum on which our faith pivots. Without it, there's no reason to follow Jesus. And with it, everything changes. And because death wasn't the final end of Jesus, it cannot be the final end for those who believe in him and follow him. And so baptism, we will talk about today, is a way for us to practice resurrection. That both looks forward to the future when all who are dead in Christ will be raised from the dead, just like Jesus was, and as a practice of resurrection that transforms our past and our present. So let's dig in. Verses 6 and 7, Paul says, We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might not be destroyed. So we might no longer be enslaved to sin, for whoever has died is free from sin. I was baptized when I was 11 years old. I think it was February of 1985, and I remember being at a cold day. I don't remember exactly the day. Um, I remember it being a cold day, and it snowed that night. Um, those are my, my main memories, but I was 11 years old and I had become aware of my sin. And I was desperate to be rid of it. What I didn't realize at the time is that the destruction of of my sin, the death of my old self, was designed to prepare me for the freedom of the new life I was about to get. Not only are we freed from sin in our baptisms, we are freed for a new way of life, a resurrected way of life. Baptism as a practice of resurrection frees us from our past, a life that was dead because of sin to one that is fully alive. In God. Not only that, but we have much to anticipate. So, Paul in verses 5 and 8, we won't read the, we'll just read the two. For if we have been united with him in death like this, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. If we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live. With him. The future for our baptized bodies is certain. Just as Jesus was raised from a temporary state of death, the Bible metaphorically calls it sleep. I like that. So too, our bodies will be resurrected when Jesus returns to make all the things that are wrong, right again. The things that have been mentioned today, tragedy in places like Uvalde, war in Ukraine. I especially appreciate Paul's words to the Thessalonians who were grieving the loss of Christians, they were very brand new Christians, who had died before Jesus, Had returned. They were expecting that to happen pretty quickly. And Paul says, We don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who have died, so that you may not grieve as others who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have died not just the people we miss. I believe that this is resurrection for every dead thing in our lives. Baptism as a practice of, rec- of resurrection celebrates the future resurrection we anticipate. Not only that, Resurrection changes us. Baptism changes us right now. Paul reminds the Romans in verses 9 through 11, "We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. So no longer, death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you must consider yourselves dead to sin, and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Even while we live between resurrections, the resurrection of Jesus, which has already come to pass, and our own, which lies somewhere in the future, we are called to live as the resurrected people of Jesus today. in our lives, everyday lives, there are opportunities for this. Opportunities to bring dead things to life, to defeat the death that sin causes in our homes, in our workplaces, in our schools, in the teams that we are a part of, in our church. We are called to be ambassadors of life. Because baptism as a practice of resurrection transforms our present. So, what does that look like? (laughs) Paul tells us in verses 12 through 14, he says, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies so that you obey their desires. No longer present your members as sin, to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And present your members to God as instruments of righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. That word righteousness sometimes... Can rub people the wrong way, thinking that we're talking with someone who knows all of the right things. Another way to talk about that word, another way to faithfully translate it, is to use the word justice. The idea of, of justice is to make wrong things right again. This means much more than just avoiding bad behavior, which is a good thing to do. And one thing that we are called to. But it means pursuing God's purposes on earth right now. Jesus told us to pray. Bring your kingdom on this earth as it is in heaven. We are agents of the change that happens when, when heaven comes to earth. I don't know about you. I think that can feel a little bit overwhelming sometimes. The good news is that we don't do that by ourselves. Because the very first Christians in Acts were promised a special friend who was going to help them. And when Peter had preached his famous sermon, and everyone knows, um, when they asked, what should we do? Peter said to them, repent. Each one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far away, as many as the Lord will call to Himself. The practice of resurrection through baptism is hope in action, it's hope in action. The hope created by our baptisms is not a one-time temporary hope. It is a hope that redeems our old selves, our sinful past. It promises our resurrection and life with Jesus forever and transforms our present experiences into hope-filled wonder as we live out our calling for God's purposes. I think that's hope in action.